Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Let's go to the carpro.com talk line 800-905-0989. We'll talk to Ron in more. Ron, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great, Charlie. All right. Uh, I just got a, a little thing to tell you. This is a... Uh... Uh, about eyes, you know, about you, you talking about your eyes. Yeah. Well, I, I had a problem and, uh, I thought something was going on with my eyes because if I drive at night and I see a car coming towards me on the other lane, <clears throat> I see these big rainbows around the headlight. Right. Right. Okay. And so I, I got concerned about it and went and talked to my I doctor had him check me. He said, no, nah, you ain't got cataracts. You ain't got that. And uh, I said, well, what causes that? You know, it's just been happening. Yeah. He said, it's it's the, the new lights, the halogen lights. Ah, those lights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're bad. They, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, they're bright as all get outs, Ron. I appreciate it. But I remember when we first got our, our flat screen TV and, and with these, and I don't know what it is, a plasma TV or whatever. If you turn your head kind of while you're watching TV and I turn to look at my wife, I see a rainbow. You ever, you ever see that? That's just kind of weird. But anyway, all right, I'm, I've got my wife on the ophthalmologist. We're going to go as soon as we can get one, as soon as we can get an appointment because you guys have been like, go to a doctor ASAP. So we're going to go do that. Going to get this thing checked out because it's just aggravating. I mean, I can't go through life like this. You know, it, I'm telling you, it's literally like looking through muddy water right now. So hopefully, hopefully everything will be A-OK. All right. The carpro.com talk line, 800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, 71307. I would love to chat with you this afternoon. By the way, just to let you know, if you ever want to email me, charlie at... 989WORD. That's Charlie at 989WORD. That is my email address. Coming up in just a little bit, there was a thing here in South Carolina called Operation Millstone, where they rounded up a lot of predators. We'll tell you how that went. All right. Not going to believe this. All right. So there you go. Let's go to Bill in Greenville and talk to him. Bill, welcome to the program. So your wife had the same problem I'm having right now? Yeah, she had cataracts in both eyes, and they removed them. And both eyes uh, started having all of this fl- fl- uh, the piece, 
parts bone yeah. over by the eyeball. Yeah. And it turned out it was a, a, a vitreous sack in the eye. And they had to go and operate and clean that all out. Oh, jeez. And then I think they had to restore the vitreous sack, but... You need to talk to somebody that knows what they're talking about, not me. Uh, 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 I'm not feeling better about this. <laughs> Bill, I'm well, not feeling... It was really easy. My wife was really nervous about it. Yeah. And she walked out of there. She said, I never even knew what happened. It went really well. Wow. All right. All right, Bill. I appreciate it. I, so, I, so I wasn't nervous until I told you guys about this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is going on with, with my vision here? So, but this is my bad eye, by the way. You know, everybody's got a good eye and a bad eye. At least this is happening in my bad eye. So we'll see what happens with this. Holy cow. All right. So anybody got any other suggestions? But again, my wife is finding me an ophthalmologist. And uh, as soon as we can get in the office, we're going to see exactly what's going on. So Nikki Haley lost bigly here in South Carolina. And she is not conceding yet. Now, she's already lost AFP, Americans for Prosperity. They've stopped their support for Nikki Haley. Reed Hoffman, the big Democrat donor, has also stopped his support for Nikki Haley. So is there something else going on? Is there something else that could be happening here? Now, a lot. one of the theories that is going on is that Nikki Haley has it from some inside authority that Donald Trump is going to be uh, found guilty of something and go to jail. And I, I would I would take it a step further that there are people even in the Republican Party that would like to see Donald Trump found guilty of something and go to jail. They would love nothing more than that. That's what the establishment does. They want to ruin you and destroy you. So here's the thing, though. If you really look, if, there, if this is something that Nikki Haley knows or has gotten wind of or advice about, then instead of standing up for Donald Trump, if she's going along with the other guys, just imagine what kind of a president she would be. Well, Joe Cunningham, you remember him. He was a one-term uh, congressman down in the 1st Congressional District. He ran for governor. He was on Fox News this weekend talking about the, uh, what is it, the No Labels Party? Where is it? Why do I not have audio there? I should have audio. Hold on. I don't, I, folks, I don't know why I don't. Oh, there we go. Right. Hold on. Here we go. I was looking at the wrong thing. Here we go. Uh, this has been a project uh, to essentially give Americans another choice if they're unhappy with the presumptive nominees, which, you know, it appears it's going to be Trump versus Biden right now. But we don't know. Nikki Haley, she's going to remaining in the race. You can't count her out completely. Uh, and hats off to her for staying in it and for sticking with it. But we're looking for great quality people, folks that have broad appeal to independents, Democrats, Republicans. And um, and yeah, I mean, Nikki Haley, somebody we we'd definitely be interested in. So let me ask you a question. What kind of a president would somebody be if they had broad appeal to Democrats, independents? And Republicans. I don't think it'd be a very good one. Let's go to Terry in Greenville. Terry, what about my eye problems? What's going on? Yeah, I've had something similar, but a couple of years ago, I woke up one morning and my eyesight was really blurry. I was so concerned. Went to the eye doctor and uh, well, they uh, had me go to a cornea specialist. Uh, well, I had, he said I had cataracts, but that wasn't causing the problem. The immediate problem was something called 
corneal erosions. Ah. And and he had to do uh, some surgery. It's at my opinion was that it was something like a scraping of and it didn't hurt. Ugh. It sounds like it'd be terrible. <laughs> it but does, it didn't it hurt. sounds awful. No, 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 yeah. uh-uh. It was uh, and he did a corneal uh that's what I call it, like a scraping, yeah. and that radically uh, fixed the problem. Wow. All right. Well, we'll see what they say, buddy. We'll be right back with State Senator Josh Kimbrell. We're going to be talking about S-915 next. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Senate Bill 915 passed. Joining us right now is State Senator Josh Kimball. Josh, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Doing well, Charlie. Hope you are. Nice day today. It really is gorgeous out there. So tell us about this uh, Senate Bill 915 that passed the Senate 44 to 1. Um, It sets up basically a health czar here in South Carolina. No, I've heard that term. I mean, it doesn't change. First off, let's be really clear. I'm not sure where that got started from. So what this bill actually does is it does not expand any powers that are currently not already given to seven state agencies that run health policy now. It just consolidates all these seven agencies into one department and removes the DHEC board. So as it stands today, there's a board of people that are not elected that help pick the DHEC directors. And the board of, in other words, the director of Department of Health and Environmental Control, which I think is probably the worst agency in the state, one of the worst, is the director that answers to the DHEC board, not directly to the governor or to the legislature. Under the restructure, what actually happens now is the DHEC board goes away, and the health secretary is appointed by the governor with the advice and consent of the Senate. And under the law as it's passed, under the bill that passed the Senate, the governor can fire the health director pretty much at will, and we in the Senate could do so as well. So if you had another scenario uh, like a COVID, God forbid, from 2020, It'd be much easier to replace the director of the new health agency than it was to replace the DHEC director. It streamlines the agency significantly. So I actually think it's the opposite of a health czar. The closest thing we have to a health czar right now is is the DHEC director. And we saw that in 2020. We saw that under uh, the COVID lockdowns. With respect to the governor, he says we never closed South Carolina down. I've heard him say that a lot. Respectfully, I was here. (laughs) We were all here for that. I remember being I remember being pretty darn shut down. So we've actually taken some steps since 2020. There's new law. This we, we put new advisors and budget and everything else to prevent the governor, any future governor, not just Governor Master, any governor, 
from being able to declare long-term states of emergency without coming to the legislature for approval. And Senate Bill 915 makes it easier to fire the, the new director of the health agency and streamline services. So I frankly just disagree with the characterization of people who say that we've, we've created a health czar. In fact, we've, we've weakened the agency that I think is currently the thing you've got to a health czar. Now, one of the things that a lot of people are talking about, Section 44-100, all sheriffs and constables in the counties of this state and police officers and health officers in cities and towns and a, uh, must aid and assist the director of the Department of Public Health and must carry out and obey his orders. That's already in the law now. I mean, so to the point, what I'm saying is this bill is a restructuring bill. I don't like that language. That language is existing law in South Carolina. So all the only reason it's in the bill is because you have to strike Director VHEC and make it Director of, of Public Health. So in the law right now, a health director has certain powers that are granted by the legislature years ago, decades ago, and that's still on the books, but we made it easier to fire that person now. So uh, I've heard that. I've heard people say, well, gosh, that got added. No, that didn't get added. That's already the code now. So South Carolina Code of Law, Section 44 today, allows what you just described. Mm-hmm. What we did was weaken the power of the, of the Department of Health and Environmental Control. I'm all for that being tweaked in a separate bill, and even if somebody wants to tweak that in a conference committee, that's fine. I have, I mean, I, I don't, I understand the concern with that language, but all I'm saying is that language hasn't changed in the bill. That's already in the code now. So if we have a Democrat governor and a, uh, let's just say, you know, devil's advocate here, a, a Democrat controlled Senate, um, what's that going to look like with, with all this power? I, and when you talk about consolidating agencies under one person, I mean, I think that's a heck of a lot of power. Well, I, I understand that. And so let's take them one at a time. Let's talk about consolidation. The Actually, the bill breaks up DHEC, right? So it breaks up the whole thing we did last year with Senate Bill 2 was break up DHEC. DHEC's the biggest agency in the state right now besides the Department of Education. So you've got everything from French fryers at McDonald's to uh, toilet, uh, toilets and sewers and swimming pools and uh, vaccine policy. All of that is under DHEC before we separated the agency. So all this does now is take like Department of Mental Health, uh, IOTAs, which is drug and alcohol abuse, and put it all under one one department, one Department of Health that kind of touches all those sections. Everything else, like permitting and all that, that DHEC currently does, is no longer under this health department. So really, health, DHEC was still a much bigger agency even than the Department of Health will be now, and this still makes it more accountable. To your point about a Democratic governor and a Democratic Senate, look, if you have a Democratic governor and a Democratic Senate, we got bigger problems anyways, and they could certainly go give more power to these individuals that they'd like. Right now, what the, what the code says is when it comes to a health director, that health director is able to enforce certain local, like let's say there's a measles outbreak at a, at a middle school or whatever. I'm just throwing some yeah. kind of crazy scenario right. out. You have a major outbreak at a middle school. The code allows the Department of Health to say, gosh, this is an outbreak at this school, and we're asking law enforcement to prevent access to the building so the thing doesn't spread. That's been in the code for decades. I mean, it's nothing new. That's been there for quite a while. But under this new health care, under the new Department of Health or the new secretary, states of emergency have been significantly curtailed. So, frankly, health secretary can't declare a state of emergency. The governor can. And that's, that's already true. We, we shortened the time frame of how long a governor can declare a state of emergency. So if you remember, McMaster did the shutdowns in 2020 and started shutting down schools and public services and all that. I think that state of emergency at, lasted for well over 12 months, maybe 18 months. So what we've basically said now is you can't go beyond, I think it's 30 or 60 days. I'll have to look. 
30 or 60 days, a couple of months, then then the governor has to go to the legislature and the legislature has to approve that state of emergency. So we actually learned some good lessons from COVID yeah. and make it very hard for a future governor to do that. So that's that that is now the code where even if you have a Democratic governor, it's going to be harder for that Democratic governor in the future. God forbid we have one. But if you did for any governor, even a Republican who decides they want to do, get crazy with lockdowns, much harder to do now than it was in 2020. I mean, 2020 called everybody flat footed. I was not in the Senate that year. I got elected in November of 2020. But and this, you know, the legislature is in a situation to where once the once COVID outbreak happened, the governor declared a state of emergency. The legislature adjourned, and basically, health policy for South Carolina was governed by the governor and DHEC with almost no accountability. There was almost no legislative oversight. There was almost no uh, legislative input, and I think that was a mistake. I think those shutdowns in 2020 damaged the economy and damaged people's morale. And frankly, I think even the kids who were locked down for all those all those 12 months didn't go to school. There's still long term consequences for sure. that. So, I, I believe we've taken pretty significant steps over the last three years to prevent that from ever happening again. So, for the people who are worried about the the lessons of COVID and whether we've made it easier for that to be repeated, absolutely not. This makes it harder for that to be repeated. Uh, the health secretary is going to have much more accountability directly to a governor and to the Senate and the legislature as a whole now than the DHEC director has had. And frankly, that's a good thing because DHEC really, in my opinion, abused its power uh, during the lockdowns and was really too big for its britches, as the Southern expression goes. And yeah. what this bill does is why you had such such overwhelming support for it. I mean, you had overwhelming support for the thing. And I think it's because a lot of people recognize that the agency was too big as it was constituted in the past. It had too much power, too little accountability. And one thing that's happened in South Carolina for years, I mean, this goes back to really the late 1800s, the Constitution of 1895. There's too much. There's too many boards and commissions, Charlie. We have way too many boards and commissions. I'm I'm a Baptist. When I say this, I'm not picking on my fellow Baptists here, but it's like when you some, go to some of these small Baptist churches and they have a committee on committees. So, I mean, good Lord, we've had the same thing in state government. You have a committee for everything. You've got DHEC committee. You've got, you got a DNR board. You've got boards and commissions where these people are basically running the agency and nobody knows who they are. I mean, if you if, if, think about it, can you name one person on the DHEC board? I'm on the, no. I'm in the Senate. I'm, yeah. I have a hard time remembering their names. Okay. Right. So the point is nobody knows who these people are. So it's really hard to put accountability to faceless bureaucrats sitting in some building in Columbia. We're, we're now making one guy accountable, one guy or gal who everybody's going to know who that person is. And that person's answering to the governor, to the legislature. And you know who we all are. And I think it's I think it's much better accountability than we've had in the past. And still room for improvement. Always there is. But this is not a health czar that's being set up. This actually is an attempt to prevent what happened in 2020 from happening again. So just to clarify, does this basically dissolve DHEC? Yeah, DHEC's already been basically yeah, dissolved. Right, yeah. right? That was that, that is two parts to that. So DHEC was dissolved its current form through Senate Bill 2 last year. Now this is building upon that. So what yeah. we did last year is break up DHEC. So DHEC got separated to like a Department of Health and then a Department of Environmental Control that would deal with regulations on okay. like septic tanks and all that. That's already been done. This this is enacting legislation to create the new Department of Health that broke away from DHEC. So it's still shrinking government. So people who think we're creating new government, no, no, just moving it or moving it from one department to another and trying to provide more streamlined accountability. It actually saves money. You're going to have less employees. DHEC, I don't remember how many thousands of employees work for DHEC, but a lot. This is going to streamline that, save money, and make it more accountable. So I understand when people hear things like you mentioned on the constable, like, oh, my God, what are we doing? 
nothing changed on that section of the code. That's been there for a while. It's just taking the DHEC restructuring and actually acting on it. So who didn't like DHEC should be pretty happy because it streamlines this stuff a lot more than it has been in the past. Well, I'm certainly glad to see that the, the, the Department of Public Health has um, full regulatory power over steamboats here in South Carolina. As I was reading. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, it, it's, it's so funny. I actually, I'm on banking and insurance committee, Charlie, and I, I know I can't get on a soapbox here. You're yeah. low on time, but yeah. there was a there was a. I'm on banking and insurance, and we had some commissioners from the banking board of financial institutions before the committee subcommittee I'm on a few weeks ago, and they were asking us to repeal some regulations, which I love repealing regulations. I don't like all these big all these regulations, and I said we started looking at it. Two or three of these regulations, they were asking for us to repeal. Getting back to the GI Bill after World War II, yeah, and they said, "Well, they, he said these things don't exist anymore." I was like, "You think?" And they, so there are regulations that had been put in in 1945, forgot were on the books, and we had to repeal them in 2024. I mean, 79 years later. So I, I've already asked for a, a really serious regulatory review. Yeah, in my opinion, we that. every regulation should should at some point sunset, and I and I'm, yeah. I'm going to advocate for that. I had that conversation. You know, we shouldn't allow these things to just sit on the books. In my opinion, we need to have a sunset provision on every regulation across every department, whether it's the Department of Health, DOT, uh, Environmental Control, whatever, any and every agency, DSS. I agree. All these things need to sunset so we can have a chance to review them. I agree. State Senator Josh Kimball, always a pleasure, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. With you, Charlie. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show, News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. Welcome back to the program. Uh, we just got off the phone with State Senator Josh Kimmel about Senate Bill 915 that passed uh, 44 to nothing. Tammy is out in Greer, wants to talk about it. Tammy, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, Charlie. I'm doing great. How are you today? Really good. Really good. What's on your mind? Good. I'm a little fired up by the last caller who I understand is the senator yeah. uh, that you interviewed. And I heard on your show last week the other gentleman that was presenting this on the opposite side, basically. And you know, he said last week that they were supposed to be on furlough last week. And here the Senate came in and swooped in and passed it 44 to 1. I was astounded at that. I think this is a horrible bill. And as you pointed out, and as the guy last week, or I think the week before, pointed out, that this person will be appointed. There is no accountability for them. There is no way to remove them. They will literally be a health czar or health king or queen who will further erode our liberty, especially as it relates to health. And then now, you know, we've got Bill 975 coming up from Senator Corbin and some other senators who are sponsoring it, the Health Freedom Act uh, bill. So I feel like that's a really good option. Right. Uh, it even forbids, you know, mRNA vaccines in the state, which I think is tremendous. But I think this other bill, 915, is horrible. We already feel duped because they already passed it last week, sweeping right here in the middle of a furlough. Yeah. So I'm not okay with it at all. I'm, I'm livid over it. And I think that South Carolina, South Carolinians have got to stand up and speak out against this. No matter how they feel about health vaccines or anything else, they cannot take our freedom for, like this. This bill is horrible. I know that State Representative uh, Josiah Magnuson has filed a bill over in the House that is going to negate 915. So we'll be okay. talking. We'll be talking with him coming up at six oh six this afternoon. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Now, 
Have you got anybody coming to speak about 9752 like Senator Corbin? Not yet. Not yet, but I would certainly um, I'll certainly get that on the agenda. Okay. that would be that would be fantastic. Thank you so much for time to speak. And and we appreciate all you do. Thank you, Tammy. I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you very, very much. Well, we've all heard about the UGA killer. We've all heard about this. This the victim, young lady, nursing student in Athens. She was identified as 20 year old Lake and Hope Riley. She was found unconscious Thursday with visible injuries. A reported cause of death was blunt force trauma. The suspect in this case was Jose Ibarra. He was in the United States illegally. Illegally. From Venezuela. Yeah, according to ICE officials, Ibarra made his way to New York City, where he was arrested on September the 14th, 2023, and charged with acting in a manner to injure a child less than 17 and a motor vehicle license violation, he was released by the New York Police Department before a detainer could be issued. Why? Because they're a sanctuary city. That's what they do. They don't detain illegal aliens there. Right? Ibarra was arrested on Friday for the killing of the nursing student who was killed in broad daylight while uh, out for a morning jog there at UGA. Authorities are confident that Riley didn't know her attacker. Oh, my goodness. UGA spokesperson revealed that Jose's brother, Diego, worked in a campus dining hall as a dishwasher. Diego was hired just two weeks before the murder, but was fired presenting a fake green card before receiving a paycheck. Diego Ibarra also is also behind bars. Law enforcement reveals that Diego is also in the country illegally and has been arrested and released several times in the last year. Oh, my gosh. Official records show that Jose Ibarra resided in an apartment just blocks away from the campus, not far from Lake Herrick Exercise Trail, where uh, Riley's body was found. They had these people in custody and they let them damn go. Now, when Donald Trump said, I mean, in, in, in the interview that I had with him and he said many times before, these countries are not sending their best to the United States of America. In fact, do you know what? Listen to this. This is going to blow your mind. Are you ready for this? Did you know that violent crimes in Venezuela have gone down? Did you know that? Yes. You want to know why? Because they're coming here. They're coming to the United States of America. They want. Yeah. Yeah. The bad guys are coming right here to to the good old U.S. of A. So the bad guys are leaving Venezuela, they're leaving Honduras, they're leaving Guatemala, and they're coming here. Those places are effectively becoming safer, and the United States of America is effectively becoming more dangerous. Now, I want you to go look on a map. Just go look on a map and see how close Athens is to us. Look how close they are. It's not far. This radio signal reaches Athens, Georgia. Now, imagine if this was on Clemson or the University of South Carolina or Furman or anywhere else in South Carolina. Because it could be. All these violent crimes are coming to a neighborhood near you. And it's because of these ridiculous liberal policies 
by these so-called sanctuary cities that don't want these illegal aliens, so they're just going to transport them and get them out of there and move them in, in, into small-town America. Folks, Athens not a big place. I mean, it may be big on Saturdays in September. But on a Friday in February, it's not a big place at all. Just imagine what that town was going through. Imagine what this town would go through. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Well, it's, it's not just the big cities that let criminals go. No, it's, it's really not. I mean, when you look at the state of our judicial system, I mean, not only here, but nationwide, and, and especially here, because that affects us more than anything else. When you really look at these liberal judges and how they treat criminals— Coming up in just a second, I'm going to give you a story that's going to absolutely blow your mind. I want to go to Don in Powdersville first. Don, what about these lawmakers and backbones, my friend? Hey, Charlie. Uh, yeah, it's time the Republican um, attorneys general and uh, governors grow some backbone and uh, do everything they can to bring, I don't know, RICO charges, conspiracy to commit murder charges against yeah. this government. Uh, you thought it would have been enough when uh doing gender reassignment surgeries on minors right. is the case, but now it's murder. Um, and you got Kemp talking tough, but he has a personal vendetta against the one candidate who has the strongest immigration. Yeah, um, you're right. So it, it's, I, you know, we, I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you're old enough to remember back in the, the Louis Farrakhan's Million Man March. We, we need something like that to put, you know, to put a fire in the butts of these Republicans to actually start doing stuff. Yeah, um, that would be lovely. So they're not going to do anything. And you know what, Don? That's what we try to do on this show every single day. We try to do that, and 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 I and I think we're having a a, a pretty good effect here. Uh, this show and, and this audience. Well, Don, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much uh, for calling in. And you're right; they do need a backbone. That's the one thing they need. Listen to this story. This is this, uh, I read this, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me." There was a, about a year ago, there was a Greenville County undercover operation called Operation Millstone. They netted, I mean, we're talking about sex crimes, child sex crimes, human trafficking, 45 arrests, 45 arrests. Here we are one year later, not one of those people. Not one of those 45 people is still in custody. One third of those arrests involved child sex crimes or human, human trafficking, while others were charged uh, in the operation with prostitution or drug charges. Out of the 45 arrests, 17 people were convicted. One of those, uh, one of those three offenders were sentenced to uh, one of those offenders was sentenced to time in jail. One was given a nine-month prison sentence while the others were sentenced to probation or forced to pay a fine. There is no fine. 
that makes up for child molestation. This is a scar that those children will carry with them for the rest of their lives. And our judicial system gives them a fine? Really? That's how we are here in South Carolina? Every single one of those people that were arrested are back in society, even through dismissals, bond agreements while charges were pending, or, uh, or, or after convictions with short sentences that have already been completed. Not one of them is still in jail. Law enforcement, the reading from the Greenville News here, law enforcement leaders said that no matter the court outcome, such operations serve as a deterrent. Bullcrap. That is such a load of manure. They give a warning to offenders that the, uh, that the supposed children they're finding online could be law enforcement in reality. No, bull, bull. It happens every single day. And it happens more and more every single day. Because we are raising a generation of perverts and degenerates. Because we are putting this stuff in front of them in schools. We're putting them in, this stuff in front of them in libraries. We're putting this stuff in front of them every single day. Online, social media, it's all there. Jim is in Greenville. Wants to talk about that UGA murder. Jim, welcome to the program. Jim, are you there? Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Jim. That's all right. Nope. What's going on, buddy? Uh, the uh, young lady that was killed in uh, Athens, Georgia, yeah. uh, the nursing student, it would seem to me that uh, there could be a wrongful lawsuit against the state of New York or the city of New York for letting these illegal immigrants and murderers and what have you uh, let them out. You would think, right? Yeah, you would think. But remember the case, and I can't remember the, the young lady's name, that was killed by an illegal alien in San Francisco and they let the guy go? Yeah. Remember, yeah. He'd, been, he'd been deported like 10 times. He murdered her on the pier there in San Francisco. He walked free for that. Yes. Tell me what kind of a country we're living in right now, Jim. Uh, well, I call it the United States of Mexico. Yeah, you're, you're pretty well. Venezuela is getting more and more likely. I appreciate it, Jim. Thank you. So back to this uh, 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 Operation Millstone. Court records show that 23 of the 70 charges filed in total were dismissed. Some suspects pled guilty to one charge while having the remaining charges dismissed. Some of the charges dismissed by complete, uh, completing a pretrial intervention program, while others had their records expunged entirely. Forty-five people were convicted of child molestation, human trafficking, prostitution, and drugs in Operation Millstone. 365 days later, not a single one of them is still in jail. Not one. That is a sad, sad commentary on our society. The fact that, 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 <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, it's, it's disgusting that we let those people go. Those are literally the worst among us. Anybody that would prey on a child. Anybody, that should be a, you should have a minimum sentence of 20 years. You want to talk about a deterrent law enforcement? How about we do that? How about you molest a child? You go to jail for a minimum of 20 years.
people in jail know how to deal with child molesters a lot better than our courts do. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Sheldon, News Talk 98.9 WRD, the voice of the Carolinas. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 